Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we dive deep into Paul's practical teaching on what we as followers of Jesus get to put on in Christ. Well, today we are going to continue this journey through the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. We've transitioned fully into the practical teachings of Paul within this letter. I hope that we've been able to see that as we walk out in this knowing that we have in Christ, that there is this showing that comes through this. In this practical teaching, we have seen that Paul is inviting us to take actions. We are not to be passive. We've seen Paul use this word to seek the things that are above. This action of seeking to actually be paying attention. To be looking for the ways that the kingdom is in our midst. The ways that the Father is moving in and through our lives. Last week, we were able to talk about this other action. This action was to put to death the things that are not of the Father that are in us. You see, there is a rhythm of life that we are living, whether we are paying attention to it or not. And Paul was inviting us to put to death the things that are of old, the ways that we used to live, the things that we used to do before we knew the Father, before we had the Spirit come within us. The Father has not forced our hand, and even for those who have the Spirit that dwells within us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, we still, through the Father, allowing us to have a choice, have the ability to not walk in His ways. And so Paul was warning this church, and he was warning us that we need to actively put to death the things that are not of God in our life. Today, we are going to be looking at this new action that Paul's inviting us into. You see, when Jesus takes something away from us, when we put something to death, there is always a resurrection. There is always something new to be replaced with the old. We do not just live in this in-between stage of having everything put to death, but then there's no life to live. No, we put to death because we put on something new. We put to life something greater. You know, for some of us, I'm not, I'm not even in this message yet, and I already feel it coming along. And I think some of us, we, we focus so much on putting to death sin in our life, but we're not actually replacing it with something else. And so what happens is we focus on putting a specific habit or maybe anger or pride or selfishness or lust or whatever it may be, and we're so focused on putting it to death that what happens is we're still consumed by it even if we're not participating in it. Because our focus is not on Jesus, it's on the sin. And so even though now we're focused on abstaining from the sin, our focus is still revolving around it. That is not the way that we walk as followers of Jesus. We put it to death because we live in the life. Our focus is on the life that we get to live. And today we're going to look at the practical outworking of this? What is it that we get to live in as followers of Jesus? Before we go any farther, I want to pray. Father, I give to you this moment. I give to you this time. 
Jesus, you know every single person who's going to listen to this episode. You know where they're at. You know what they're going through. Lord, you know them all by name. You know how many hairs are on their head. You know every detail of their life. You are not far away. You draw near. You pay attention. You care. Oh, Father, would you give me the words today to speak your truth in love. Holy Spirit, allow us to hear the words of Paul afresh and anew. God, would this not be cliches, would this not be principles, but Lord, would this be for you and you alone. Father, would we see you today? Would we hear you today? Would we know you today? Would we grow in you? Father, give us courage. Give us strength. Lord, we can't do this without you. We're desperate for you. We need you, Lord. We're asking you to come. So, Father, fill this space, fill this place. We trust you. We want to walk with you. We want to know your ways. Thank you for being with us. Amen. So, we finished this last episode listening to Paul's words where he said, Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. How can this be? How is this possible? What is it that unites all of us in Christ? What is it that Jesus has done for us that has allowed us to be unified regardless of our race, regardless of our gender, regardless of our age, regardless of our status, our social status? What is it that unites us in Christ? Well, today we're going to hear the words of Paul of the things that bring us together as a family. What are the things that we get the opportunity to live through as a result of what Christ has done. So let's read this today. This is Colossians chapter 3, and I'm just going to start with verse 12. This is the English Standard Version. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on. So what is this action step that Paul is inviting us to participate in after we put things to death? What are we to focus on? We are to put on. What is it that we are putting on? You know, I get this image when I read this. It's almost as if we've been exposed, right? Like Paul just talked to us about the things that need to be put to death in us. And so we're laying out and we're exposed. The sin of our life, the results of the decisions that we've made, the things that have happened to us and through us, the evil that's happened, all these certain things, some things that are our fault and some things that just kind of happen. We're in this moment and we're we're naked and we're exposed and it feels isolating. It It feels like no one cares. It feels like there's no one around, that we're just on our own. And then the father, he comes through the son and he draws near to us and he sees us He sees us fully. He sees everything that we've ever done, every thought we've ever had. He sees the beautiful parts of us and he sees the horrible things that we have said and done and all those different things all together. He sees everything. And when he looks at us, as the son looks at us, he's holding this blanket and he's desiring to just wrap us in his arms. He's desiring to just cover us with his love. But his love will always come through the form of a choice. He will not force us. But he is patient with us. And he's holding this blanket out. And what does this blanket represent? Well, Paul tells us, he says that, the, that God has chosen us. 
that we are beloved, that we are holy. How can this be? We are naked. We are exposed. We are broken. This is not the reality that you and I have to live in. There is a new reality. There is a new outcome. The Father desires to embrace us, but we have to allow Him. We have to give Him permission. Who are we that we would have to give permission to our Creator? And yet he, that's what he's looking for. So let's break this down. We are chosen. No matter who you are listening to this today, regardless of if you've known Jesus for years or if you've only known him for moments, the Father not only sees you, but he has chosen you. He desires to have a relationship with you. You are not a mistake. Regardless of the circumstances and the situations that came around your parents conceiving, the Father has chosen you to be in existence in this generation. He sees you. He knows you. He's inviting you to get to know Him. You are chosen. You're beloved. For some of us today, we just need this to, to just grow deep in our hearts in our understanding, in the reality that we live, that we are the Father's beloved. What does that mean? It means that the Father not only sees you and chooses to have a relationship with you, He delights in you. He's for you. He's not against you. I believe there's some of you listening to this today that are walking with Jesus and sometimes it just feels like We are actually doing these things to try to gain approval, to try to gain the Father's favor on our life. You know, some of us are goal-orientated people, and what happens is we just feel like we have to do things in order to please the Father. But this is not true. The Father delights in you. You are His beloved. Would we rest in that truth today? Would we live in that truth today? Would everything that we do and everything that we are come from this place of understanding, from this security that we have in Him, that we are His beloved, that He loves us. He doesn't see us and see disappointment. He sees us and He delights in us. Oh, would we do everything from a place of being His beloved children? Stop believing the lies that tell you that you are not worthy, that you are not enough, that you need to do more to deserve his attention, to deserve his affection. That is not how the Father pours out his love on us. No, he sees us and he delights in us and he invites us to receive his love, to receive this identity in him that we are his children, that we are his beloved. Paul also uses this word holy. This word holy means to be set apart. You see, you've been set apart for a reason. We have been set apart to display the Father's love for humanity. When we receive this blanket, so to speak, those around us are going to see something different. You see, we have been made new. We have been made whole. Despite our brokenness, despite the isolation that we may feel, despite the exposure that we may have sometimes, the Father invites us to put on something new, to put on His garment, His righteousness. 
Would this sink in today? Would this seep into our souls, into our very beings? Would we know that we have been chosen, that we have been set apart, and that we are his beloved, that he delights in us? Everything changes when this becomes a reality. Everything changes when we make a choice to put this on. You see, every day we have to consciously choose this garment. Even if we've been walking with Jesus our entire life, every single day, we still have this opportunity and this privilege to put on this identity, to live out of this truth. He's for us. So if we have this blanket on us, to just kind of go with the imagery here, what will that look like? You see, that's what Paul ends up going into. You see, if we know who we are and we actively choose to believe, to receive this this warmth, this affection, this love, this identity, we give ourselves to the Father. What is it that comes out of this place? Let's read this. I'm going to start from the top and just go from verse 12 to, to verse 15. Again, this is Colossians 3. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved. So that's who we are. This is the garment that we get to put on and what comes as a result. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Compassion, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiveness, love, harmony, peace. Jesus is inviting you and I to live a life that looks radically different than the world we live in. This life is in Him. These aren't things that are magically going to happen in our life. We have to consciously put on these things. But this action comes out of the overflow of understanding who we are in Him. You see, when we meet followers of Jesus and when we sometimes fall into into selfishness, into anger, into pride, into, into just being fleshy, when that happens, it's actually almost always because we're not understanding who we are. We're not putting on. We're not making a choice to believe that we are who God says we are. It's actually about faith. It's actually about trusting Him. It's about putting our trust not in our own ability, but in Him. You know, it's interesting that He says compassion and humility and meekness and patience. How does that happen? Well, if you think about it, if we are the ones who are exposed to our sin, we're exposed to our brokenness. Again, I'm not talking about people quote-unquote, in the world. I'm talking about people that know Jesus, that get exposed to the ways that they're not living in Him, right? We're exposed to this. Well, we don't deserve to wear this blanket. We don't deserve to wear His garment. And yet He places it upon us. 
And so out of that comes humility because we know that we have we didn't deserve this. We don't deserve to be made whole. We don't deserve to be chosen. We don't deserve to be set apart. We don't deserve to have his delight. And so the Father has been so patient with us. And out of that, we are to take that reality. We are to take that experience, that encounter with the patient Father. And that is to manifest in the way that we treat one another. You know, Paul says in this, he says, bearing with one another. You see, this implies that there are going to be people who upset you. You are going to have a right to feel things towards others. When these moments of frustration, these moments of hurt, these moments of pain happen that are inflicted by others, Paul isn't telling us to ignore it or pretend like it doesn't hurt. He's telling us to acknowledge it. But within that acknowledgement, we also need to acknowledge who Christ is and what he has done for us. You see, it, we, it is so important that we as followers of Jesus acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the hurt, acknowledge the feelings, the thoughts, the doubts, the fears. This applies to so many things as a, in our life with walking with him. We acknowledge these things, but we also acknowledge that Jesus is king. We acknowledge the encounters that we have with him, his love, his patience, his forgiveness, his mercy, and we choose to live in that way. So we forgive others because he has forgiven us. We forgive even if the person or the group doesn't even think they need to be forgiven. Doesn't that actually sound like the very thing that Jesus did and continues to do with every human in existence? Even those who've received forgiveness, we can't truly comprehend what it costs Jesus to forgive us, or even the amount of forgiveness that we actually need. You know, we have, we have an understanding as followers of Jesus that we've sinned. We have an understanding of the ways that we've made mistakes, but we've only seen a fraction of that. There is so much forgiveness that you and I need in Christ, and He is more than willing to show it to us. He is more than willing to allow us to have that gift. You know, then Paul says, above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. The Father loves love. He desires to see us bounded together in love. It's like a symphony to his ears. This love is, is not just an emotional decision or desire. It's not simply an intellectual thought or action. It includes these things, but is not in fact, rooted in them. It's actually rooted in something greater. It's rooted in the Father's character. Because the Father not only loves love, the Father is love. We are getting a picture of who the Father is. He is love. And so when His children love the way that He has loved us, it, it brings worship to His name. It, it, it glorifies Him. It displays Him. He then says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Christ is king. This is globally true and individually true. Our lives are to point to this truth, to this reality, to bear witness to the fact that Jesus is king. Would his rulership rule in our hearts? It's interesting that Paul uses this word peace. 
If you remember in the very introduction to this letter, Paul says grace and peace. You see, the Father has made peace with us through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. This peace allows us to live in relationship with Him. It allows us to have peace with ourselves, even with our brokenness. And this peace is to overflow in the way that we live our life to others. Now, I need to, be, I need to say something very clear. Paul says that you were called in one body. Too often we can read the scriptures in a way that's just applying to ourselves. We forget that this was actually written to a group of people. You see, if you actually want to live what Paul is saying out fully, you need to understand that these words of love, of having compassion and meekness and patience and all these different things that Paul has mentioned that we've talked about, that's actually within the context of followers of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm sure if you've been following Jesus, some of you have heard this the saying, you know that it's important that we love our neighbor as ourselves, right? I hope that you've heard that, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, all those things, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Now, in the Western world, we love to say, you can't love your neighbor until you learn how to love yourself. And we take that very individually. We mean, if you want to know, you need to first love yourself before you can love the person beside you. This is actually not what Jesus is talking about, and it's not what Paul is talking about either. You see, Jesus said that to his disciples. Paul is saying this to the church in Colossae. So if we read it and understand it in the context in which it's being said, what we actually hear is that we are not going to be able to love our neighbors, those who do not know the Father, who do not know the Son, who do not know the Spirit, who do not know of his kingdom. We're not going to be able to love them well until we learn how to be a family of love. You see, you can't actually follow what Paul and what we just talked about without being in the context of other followers of Jesus. This is not the way that we love our neighbor. Of course, it's going to overflow into that. But this begins with us learning how to love ourselves, the body. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this and you're not connected to other followers of Jesus, you are missing out on such an important part of your walk with him. We are meant to do this together. We are meant to do this in family. Now, if you've been listening to this and you know that I am not necessarily saying that you need to go to a Sunday service, I am saying that you need to have relationships with other followers of Jesus, that we are meant to do life together in Christ. Of course, that happens at Sunday services, but it's not the only place. And sometimes you can go to a Sunday service and not actually be connected to any followers of Jesus. There's an invitation here for you and for me to be part of a family of believers. This is not just a phrase or a pretty catchphrase or a Twitter tweet, whatever it's called. This is a reality that you and I have to live in, that you and I have the opportunity to live in. We need to be connected to other followers of Jesus. We're not meant to do this alone. You see, the Father has called us out individually, but he has called us into family. There are plenty of siblings that we are called to love and be loved by. 
In closing today, Paul finishes this section by saying, be thankful. You see, when we understand this gift, this garment that the Father desires for us to wear, for us to put on, we know that we're not deserving. We know that we could not earn this garment. We couldn't pay for it. And yet the Father gives it to us freely. Now, the Father didn't get this freely. It cost him his son. There was a price to pay. You see, when we began this, we talked about Paul saying that we're putting on what? That we're chosen, beloved, and holy. You and I both know we are not those things. There's actually nothing in creation that is that. There's only one. There's only one who is chosen. There's only one who is beloved. There's only one who is holy. That's Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus Christ. Jesus was chosen. Jesus is the beloved son. Jesus is holy. And yet, Jesus, motivated by the Father through the Spirit, came to this earth in the form of a baby. The Creator came in the form of creation, displaying the Father's love and character perfectly, teaching the world a new way, which was actually the way we were meant to live all along, in communion with the Father. We were distant, and yet the Father came to us. We were separated, and yet the Father drew near. Even to this very moment, the Father continues to draw near to His creation. We put on what Christ took off. There was a price to pay for the garment that you and I get the privilege of wearing. The Father loves us. He has chosen us. He delights in us. He has empowered us to be set apart, to be different. We have much to be thankful for today. It is not our duty, it is our privilege to love one another the way that the Father has loved us through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your intentionality. I thank you that you didn't leave us, that you draw near. Lord, some of us listening today needed to hear this as a reminder. We needed to remember that this is who you are and that this is who you say we are. Father, for some of us listening, we aren't part of a family. We've been doing this alone with you for far too long. Oh Lord, for those people, I ask that you would lead them and guide them to a family of believers. Father, within their context, within their neighborhood, within their city, within their town. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for the privilege it is to know you. Lord, today we just say yes. We say yes to putting on this garment. We say yes to living the way that you've called us to. We receive your love. We receive your mercy. We receive your patience. We receive your kindness. We receive your gentleness. We receive all that you have for us. Lord, transform our hearts. Make us new. Jesus, I ask that you would bring freedom for those who find themselves a slave to their desires, a slave to their fears, a slave to their depression, a slave to their old ways. Lord, would you bring freedom? Would the truth set us free today that you have drawn near, that you have called us out and called us in to family? 
We are not orphans. We are sons and daughters. Lord, we receive that today. We say yes to this today. We will live as sons and daughters for your glory. Lord, we will display your love first with each other and then with others. Jesus, we love you and we are so thankful that we get to know you today. We say yes, Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're wanting to stay connected, the best way to do this is to subscribe to this channel on whatever platform you're listening to. If you're looking for song recommendations or book recommendations, can I encourage you to follow us at the JMP Cast on Facebook or Instagram? Well, I hope you'll consider joining me as we continue to ask this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day. Yeah.